Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gibbs, broadcasting live from the NYC. For the next time, I'm going to give you the latest entertainment news on Cardi B, John Leguizamo, Debbie Lovato, Ari Lennox, Olivia Munn, and a whole lot more. Let's get started. Roll it. J.A.G. Up on the blog and I'm chilling up at NYC. Up on the train and the radio is all I need. In the fuse and celeb news, I let see. That's entertainment. Who became famous? Number one source of pop culture. Radio or not, we gon' chase it. That's entertainment. Save adolescents from the ghetto conversation. Gotta make a change. Another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gibbs, where every week I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you like the show and you want to know more about it, make sure you click on the follow-up button on top of the show page. That way you get a reminder when I broadcast live. Also, if you want to make a comment about any of today's stories, give me a call and be serious about it. The call-in number is 347-637-2656 and press the number 1. That's 347 347- 637-2656 and press the number 1. Also like us on Facebook. Go to www.facebook.com slash thatsentertainment.radio Follow us on Twitter at thatsentertain1 That's T-H-A-T-S Entertain is the number 1. You can also follow me on Twitter at Stiletto14, Stiletto like the shoe S-T-I-L-E-T-T-O and the number 14. You can also follow me on Instagram at T Jones Gibbs. Right now the current temperature in the N why is a sunny and very chilly 27 degrees. Before I get started with the show today, I'd like to give a shout-out to my listeners, as always. Thank you for hanging out with me and being there from the very beginning and just taking a break and hanging out with me on this Wednesday afternoon. Uh, lots to talk about, as usual. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Cardi B. She just won a, a, a million-dollar settlement. Uh, just recently about uh, information about her slandered, vicious uh, rumors about her that was uh, reported by this blogger. She won $1.25 million by a jury against the celebrity blogger. We're going to be talking about that. Also, John Leguizamo is back in the news, and he was talking about how he has experienced racism and colorism firsthand in Hollywood being a Latino man. Also, uh, Demi Lovato says she is ditching pop music. And uh, uh, my girl uh, Ari Lennox is saying that she wants out of her recording contract. And um, Olivia Munn said that she um, will not remain hush-hush over the hate against Asian Americans and in their communities. So without further ado, we're going to get started. But before we get started with the show today, I'm going to make a few announcements. Um, You know, I also wanted to uh, remember the the people that we, certain celebrities that we lost last week. Uh, Meat Loaf passed away last week at the age of 74. He died from COVID. Uh, Comedian and actor Louis Anderson, who we know from um, Coming to America, he died at 68 from uh, cancer. And uh, the very flamboyant Andre Leon Talley, the largest in life former Vogue editor, he passed away from a heart attack at the age of 73. And uh, another sad news, my girl Regina King, her only child, her only child, Ian Alexander Jr. died last week at the age of 26 from suicide. So 
our hearts go out to all the people that we just lost last week. Also, I want to make some announcements. Starting next month, February, we all know February is Black History Month. And I did this, started this last year. Uh, starting in the month of February, each week I will be giving um, around the top of the show a little uh, black history moment for you guys because, you know, we were never taught certain things in school and around the world of how African Americans have contribute a lot of their knowledge, their brain power, their geniuses, their philanthropy throughout the world, and the world doesn't know that. So we're going to be, uh, each week I'm going to give you a little black history because black history is American history and it needs to be known about it. Uh, Also uh, in February, February 12th to be exact, that's a Saturday, I'm going to be doing my annual Valentine's Day show. For all you guys who've been with me for the past 10-plus years, you know every February I do an annual Valentine's Day show. It's an all-music show. It's the one time I do all-music show, uh, and you know, celebrating Love is Holiday, and, to, and just play some love songs and slow jams from some of my favorite R&B artists. That's going to be on Saturday, February 12th. I don't have the time yet, but I will post it on my social media account and also repost the show on Valentine's Day which is on a Monday this year. Also if, for you guys who also follow me I also uh, not only did a, uh, I did two other co-hosting duties here on Block Talk Radio and it was giving the business giving you the business live and, and raw and uncut with my girl Miss Kane who unfortunately passed away several years ago but I also co-hosted another show called um the uh, Loco That's Entertainment Rundown, and my co-host was David Romero. Um, unfortunately, David does not do the show anymore, but he started a new venture. He became a certified personal fitness trainer, and you could book David as your personal trainer. We was talking, um, he had did an Instagram Live uh, last week, and every day, every he, he does an Instagram Live frequently, like, I think every other day, and his, he's pretty real. Reasonable. He's only for charging forty dollars for you for him to be your personal trainer. And if you're looking to get into fitness and you want to change your lifestyle, you can join David outside or join him live or on Zoom. Um, he has like over like ten thousand plus weekly workout options. So if you want to follow David, go to uh, his uh, Instagram account at David Loco Twelve. That's David D A V I D Loco L O C O Twelve. Or you can go to Camp Gladiator, which he's also one of the fitness trainers, and that's at Camp Gladiator. That's C A M P G L A D I A T O R on Instagram, and you can also also uh, follow Join Join Salute. That's J O I N S A L U T. Um, David also has a website for all your per- personal fitness, from vitamins to shakes, and that's at p w s dot shakely. That's s h a k l e e dot com. And tell them that you that that uh, your former co-host Tammy Jones gives referred him for you to his uh, his uh, fitness well-being websites and vitamin website. It's just amazing. And he looks great, by the way. He he looks all buff and everything, so uh, it's worth it. So if you want to get your body right and tight, David is your man. So without further ado, let's get started with today's show. Uh, Cardi B was awarded $1.25 million on Monday by a jury that agreed with her lawsuit against a celebrity blogger by the name of Tasha Kay for defamation, invasion of privacy, and uh, intentional infliction of emotional distress. Now, Tasha Kay, whose given name is Latasha Kebby, uh, Kebe had spread false allegations that Cardi B had herpes, that she used cocaine, and she worked as a prostitute. Now, Cardi B has testified that seeing the false statement on YouTube sent her in extreme anxiety and depression and made her feel extremely suicidal. And this is according to Billboard magazine. <laughs> 
Now, Cardi B had filed a lawsuit in 2019 after Kebe posted dozens of videos with those and other shocking false statements, such as the one in which Cardi B allegedly uh, had sex with beer bottles on a stripper stage. That's what the Rolling Stone had reported. And uh, this is what the... Uh, this is what they had said. They said, quote, none of the aforementioned statements about the plaintiff are true. The plaintiff was never a prostitute or a user of cocaine. The plaintiff has never and does not now have herpes, nor has she had herpes outbreaks on her mouth, unquote. Now, the verdict came after a two-week federal trial in a Georgia courtroom. More damages could be forthcoming since more hearings will determine whether Kebe owns punitive damages and legal fees for her accuser. And uh, John Leguizamo has seen racism and colorism firsthand in Hollywood. The Encanto star said he would avoid sunlight to keep his skin lighter, allowing him to get acting jobs. Leguizamo told the Academy of Motion Picture Art and Science on Monday for its new scene series, said, quote, I stayed out of the sun so I could work. I definitely would not go in the sun for years. It was a conscious thing because I could work, unquote. And he also said, quote, all the Latinos that made it so far, a lot of them were all light-skinned. What happened to all the Afro-Latinos and the majority of indigenous Latinos? They don't get a shot, you know. So there's a lot of things we got to deal with in Hollywood, and we got to fix, and we got to speak out, and we got to speak up, unquote. Now, Alec Guzamo, who was born in Columbia and grew up in Jackson Heights, New York, which is in Queens, before graduating from NYU, said that he realized that after graduation that he wasn't getting the same show business opportunities as his white classmates, even though he was an A student. He told the Academy that all the white kids in his class were going to five auditions a day. He was going to one every five months. He realized that he didn't have the same opportunities that they did, and he realized it just—it wasn't an equal playing field. It just was never going to be, and it disillusioned—it disillusioned you. And to increase his job prospects, Leguizamo pivoted from Hollywood to theater and off-Broadway shows, but he still grew frustrated with the stereotypical roles offered to Latino actors. Legazama said he hopes to create change in Hollywood by someday joining the Academy Board of Governors. Yeah, you know, hey, you know, this, you know, and this goes back to a lot of the controversy that remember when um, Lynn Manuel Miranda, when he uh, did the movie version of The Heights, there was a lot of criticism of why he didn't use Afro-Latinos in the movie. Most of the actors were fair-skinned or light-skinned Latinos. And um, he got a lot of slack for it. And, um, you know, Colorism is real out here, people. It is real. Not only in the Latino community, it's in the Afro-American community. It is real out here. And I remember I used to have a friend, um, uh, she, uh, one of my classmates from college, uh, she's she's Puerto Rican, she's of Puerto Rican descent, and she used to say that um, some of her family members were kind of racist, saying that they she didn't they didn't want her to marry uh, Afro African American man that uh, you should marry white so that that the race can stay white and bright. It's serious out here. It's, it, it, the colorism is real out here. So and John Leguizamo is letting you know that even in Hollywood, you know, even he succumbed to colorism and how he wasn't getting gigs because he had to stay out of the sun. He had to stay light. So it's real out here, people. Um, Demi Lovato says she is ditching pop music. That's right. The Cool for the Summer singer recently revealed on social media that they held a funeral for the music genre as they tease a new edgy rock song. Making use of Instagram on Thursday, January 20th, the 29-year-old shared a photo of themselves, of her and her friends, posing along with their seven friends in a studio. And among those gathering to say goodbye was music manager Scooter Braun. 
Demi, who sat in the center, gave the middle finger to the camera. The former Disney darling and all their pals went all black from head to toe, and they captioned the snap by writing, A Funeral for My Pop Music. The Camp Rock alum has yet to offer more details about the new track, such as the title and its release date. However, the Grammy nominee has been teasing a total rebrand on social media. Earlier this month, the Dancing with the Devil, the Art of Starting Over artist, whipped, uh, wiped off their Instagram page and started over with a photo of their new clean buzz cut. They also debuted their head tattoos, which featured a black spider. So, in other words, Debbie is not singing pop music no more. She's going to rock and roll. And you know what? When she started cutting all her hair off and sporting a buzz cut and dressing in a lot of black, that was just the beginning. That was just the beginning. Right now, we got 16 minutes after the hour. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gibbs. We're every Wednesday between 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I bring you the latest entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you like the show and you want to know more about it, make sure you click on the follow-up button on top of the show page. That way you send a reminder when I broadcast live. Also, if you like to follow us and you like, we have a Facebook page, you want to like our page, go to www.facebook.com slash thatsentertainment.radio. Follow us on Twitter at That's Entertain One. That's T-H-A-T-S, Entertain, and the number one. You can also follow me on Twitter at Stiletto14. That's S-T-I-L-E-T-T-O, the number 14. You can also follow me on Instagram at T Jones Gibbs. That's T J O N E S G I B B S. Um, my girl Ari Lennox is saying she wants out of her record label contract in the aftermath of her now viral interview on the Johannesburg-based online series Podcast and Chill. Over the weekend, the Interscope Greenville record artist tweeted she is over being a signed artist. In addition, the precious singer said even though online trolls like to antagonize her over her complaints about the music industry, they wouldn't last a day in her shoes. The singer followed up by saying she was done and tired with her label and wanted to be free. And according to the artist, the podcast and chill interview was icing on the cake in terms of her unhappiness with her management. The tension during Lennox's interview on podcast and chill came after host MacGyver McGee, McWebho, asked the Shea Butter Baby artist, quote, is someone effing you good right now? That's what he asked her on on a live interview on his podcast. And by asking Ari the provocative question, Mac G was playing off the singer's song Pop, in which she sings, If You Really Love Me, I'll F You Good. Still, Lennox wasn't here for being questioned about her sex life on a call full of people. Regardless of the often raunchy content of her music, Complex reported that the singer tweeted about feeling ambushed and blindsided by Max G creepy disrespect while addressing the interview shortly after it went down. And after receiving backlash from some South African fans of Podcast and Chill, Lennox wrote, quote, South Africa, you got, y'all got it. Heard you loud and clear. This won't be a place I will ever visit, unquote and a series of now-deleted tweets from January 21st. Uh, this is what I want to say about Ari Lennox. And, it, and it's a shame because she is a, such a talented singer. I think she is, she, she Jasmine, so all these new R&B singers who are so talented, her, Ari Lennox, Jasmine Sullivan, Kiana Lede, uh all these new singers, R&B singers, who are so talented, if I was Ari, I wouldn't let that deter me from doing something that I love. Especially as talented and beautiful as she is, I would not let that one interview tell me I'm done. Because she's that talented. She have a beautiful voice. And even though she sings raunchy songs, She's still a great singer. 
You know, when I started this show and I used to do, um, I used to interview celebrity guests, I remember I was interviewing an actress on the show. And before I even did the interview, her publicist had said to me, could you fax me or email me questions that you're going to ask for the show? And I was like, okay, no problem. You know, it was no big deal. That's what Ari's going to have to do for now on. Anytime she does an interview, have your publicist ask the interviewer to email you or, or DM you questions for the show. That way you won't get ambushed, you won't feel violated, you won't feel uh, uh, embarrassed. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a shame. Why, you know, and she wants to, you know, and this label that she's on, Interscope Dreamville Records, this is J. Cole's uh, record label. And you go, oh, no, the rapper J. Cole. So I wouldn't let that bad interview deter me from doing something that I love because you know how this, and, and I get it. I understand this business is not fair to women, especially black women. What I tell you every time, the black woman is always the one that's always getting disrespected every single time. And we got to fight fire with fire, ladies. You know, they, and you never hear when a a, a, a a guy, a rap artist, when he rapping about raunchy things and everything, do they ask him questions about his sex life? Or maybe they do, and maybe they're bragging. And you know what they say about braggers, this, it's not even really true. You know, but, you know, you're going to ask this talented artist about a song that's just a song. You know what I'm saying? Disrespecting her like that. You mean to tell me there was no other better questions you could ask her than that? So I'm sorry, South Africa. Mac uh, G was wrong, as wrong as could be. But I, as, as as if I was Ari Lennox, I would not deter me from doing what I love. And if for any interview, any future interview, have your publicist send the questions over before you do the interview. That way, you know what you're going to be asked. And if they try to be funny or sneak in a question that has nothing to do with your your album, your songs, your your, uh, your promotion of your album or your touring, then say, I'm not going to answer that question. You know, we got to let them know. It's a shame, you know. Uh, Olivia Munn says that she will not remain quiet over hate against Asian American Pacific Islanders communities. The actress late on Monday condemned an online attack after a hacker interrupted an AAPI advocacy webinar that she was hosting with racist imagery and hateful audio messages. The X-Men Apocalypse star joined the National Asian Pacific American Women's Forum, which focused on empowering Asian American Pacific Islander women and girls and AAPI organizers for the online seminar to mark beauty guru Amy Liu and Priscilla Sai's uh, collaboration for a special Lunar New Year skincare kit. Now, Mun shared an in, on Instagram, quote, we were communion to celebrate, elevate, and protect the AAPI community, and we were subject to a hate crime in real time. It was a cowardly and unconscionable act, unquote. Um, Olivia Munn didn't offer further specifics about the offensive incident. Um, she's an outspoken opponent of anti-Asian sentiment. The, the Oklahoma City native is a daughter of Vietnamese refugees and was primarily, prim, primarily, primarily raised in Tokyo. Now, Munn also shares a... Um, a infographic from the organization which revealed that 78% of AAPI women have been affected by anti-Asian racism, with 28% reporting of being called a racial slur, while 26% said they felt unsafe and uh, unsafe walking outside, and some 18% of the respondents experienced discrimination or harassment at work. 
Since COVID-19 began at the end of 2019, hate crimes against Asian Americans have been on the rise due in part to racist rhetoric by former President Donald Trump, who often refers to the coronavirus as Kung Flu or the China virus. NPR reported that more than 9,000 anti-Asian incidents have been reported since the pandemic began. You know, it's just sad that, you know, I know here in New York it's been really troublesome. Just last week, an Asian woman got pushed in front of an oncoming train by a homeless man. Uh, a Asian man, I think it was last year, got beat to a pulp by another man. And a, another incident happened where uh, another man had punched a woman. Uh, she was at, waiting on the subway platform. She was an Asian woman waiting on the subway platform, minding her business, and some man just knocked her upside the head. Behind, I mean, he knocked her from behind. She was all right, but he just punched her in the head out of the blue for no apparent reason. And a lot of that stemmed from that this this whole notion that, oh, we're in this predicament, people are mad because of the corona, and because of people, ignorant people like Donald Trump and any other people that believe that this virus was uh, was from the Chinese. That virus could have popped up anywhere. That virus could have happened in Russia. That could that virus could have happened in India. That virus could have happened in in Sri Lanka, Italy. We don't know. It just happened to pop up in China. But because of this rhetoric that you know all Asians are you know evil and bad because of this, that they had nothing to do with that. It just happened to just come uh, came across in China. And we got to stop this. And we got to stop this. Um, you know, I, you know, I was, I have a lot of Asian friends. My, matter of fact, my children's doctor is Asian. One of my doctors are Asian. So it's a shame, you know, because I'm, you know, I'm coming in there, and you know, what if they have some animosity towards me because of what was what's going on? You know, and, and you know they're feeling funny. They're talking to me all different. I know I had I went to an appointment somewhere, and uh, I was asking this Asian woman, um, you know, was she online? I think it was in the drugstore, and she like jumped out of her skin because I just tap lightly touch her, and she took one look at me, and she was like, she didn't even say anything. She was scared. So, you know. Why, it's a shame that they got to walk around being intimidated and scared and walking on eggshell because they think if you talk to them or ask them a question or tap them on the shoulder that they're going to be attacked. It's got to stop. Uh, right now we have uh, 30 minutes after the hour. Uh, coming up, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Mr. Dylan McDermott. He's staging a comeback to the right side of the law. I'll tell you more about that. Also, uh, this huge headliners are headed to New York for the 2022 Governor's Ball Music Festival. I'll tell you who's going to be performing. And the lawyers for Alec Baldwin call for a lawsuit involving the fatal shooter on the set of Russ to be tossed. And the feud uh, between a... Uh, the front man of Blur and Gorilla and Taylor Swift has now been squashed because he made a comment about her songwriting. And JoJo Siwa is thanking her nearly 11.5 million Instagram followers for all the love she received since coming out a year ago. All those stories and more coming up after the break, so don't go anywhere.
And huge hand runners are headed to New York for the 2022 Governor's Ball Music Festival. Singer-songwriter Holsley and rapper J. Cole and Kid Cudi leads this year Governor's Ball lineup, which was unveiled yesterday, Tuesday. The three-day event is scheduled for June 10th to the 12th at City Field in Queens. Kid uh, Cudi headlines the festival Friday's performances, which also include rap trio Migos, fast-rising hip-hop star Jack Harlow, and psychedelic soul group Black Pumas. Saturday lineup features the Edison, New Jersey-born Holsey as the headliner with Grammy-winning rapper Roddy Rich and the popular DJ Flume also performing that day. NBA great Shaquille O'Neal will perform a set as DJ Diesel. And Sunday, we'll see J. Cole joined by Mexican singer Becky G, British rock band Glass Animals, and rapper Playboy Cardi. Now, Holsley, who is a two-time Grammy nominee, nominee known for songs such as Without Me, Bad at Love, and East Side, Kid Cudi, who won a Grammy in 2011 for his All of the Lights collaboration with Kanye West, is the key artist behind hits including Day and Night and Pursuit of Happiness. The 36-year-old, the 36-year-old Jay Cole, he is known for his songs like Middle Child and No Role Models. And the rapper, who real name is Jermaine Cole, is a 12-time Grammy nominee. And this year, festival marks the 11th edition of the Governor's Ball Festival and the second year in a row that it has taken place at City Field. Pre-sale tickets are available now through Citibank, with, with the uh, general sale beginning tomorrow. Thursday, January 27. Lawyers for Alec Baldwin called for a lawsuit involving the fatal shooting on the set of Rust to be tossed, stressing that the suit coincides the actors um, that he the suit concedes the actor didn't attend for the uh, prop gun to be loaded. The new filing which Baldwin's lawyer submitted on Monday described that the October 2021 shooting that killed cinematographer Helena Hutchins as a workplace accident, and this was according to paperwork obtained by Variety. Hutchins was struck by a bullet from a firearm that was being handled by Baldwin, an actor and producer for Russ, on the movie set in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Now, Baldwin has said he was told the, the prop was a cold gun, indicating it didn't have live ammunition when it was given to him that day. The lawsuit, which named Baldwin and his fellow Russ producers, was filed in November by script supervisor Mamie Mitchell. She claims she experienced pain and ringing in her ears after the gun was fired, and she also says she experienced emotional trouble after the incident. In their filing, Baldwin said there's nothing about plaintiff's allegations that suggest anyone named in the suit intended the prop gun to be loaded with live ammunition. And because all three of the plaintiff's cautions of actions are based on allegations of negligence that resulted in a workplace accident, they should be dismissed because her exclusive remedy in, uh, is New Mexico's Workers' Compensation Act. That's what the filing had said. Now, officials have not charged anyone in connection with the incident and are searching for answers for why live ammunition was on the set. And this feud could easily fuel uh, Taylor Swift's next album. Blur and Gorilla frontman Damon Albarn, Albarn uh, he took to Twitter late Monday to walk back his claims in the Los Angeles Times that the pop star doesn't write her own songs and apologized unre- uh, unreservedly and unconditionally. After Swift, who tweeted that she writes all of her songs, her own songs, and Albarn hot take is completely false and so damaging that Albarn responded with his tail between his legs. Albarn responded saying, quote, I totally agree with you. I had a conversation about songwriting, and sadly it was reduced to clickbait. I apologize unreservedly and unconditionally. The last thing I w- would want to do is discredit your songwriting. I hope you understand. Damien, unquote. The drama star went in the interview. Uh, music critic Mikhail Wood pointed out to Albarn that the Gold Rush singer who was writing her or co-writing credits on all her music co-writes some of her songs, whereas Albarn argues that that doesn't count. In other words, if you're a co-writer, that doesn't count that you are a songwriter. Prior to uh, Albarn's apology, Swift quipped in a subsequent tweet saying, quote, P.S., I wrote this tweet all by myself in case you was wondering, 
unquote. So she kind of clapped back at him. Jojo Siwa is thanking her nearly 11.5 million Instagram followers for all the love she received since coming out a year ago while sharing an important message to her young fans, never forget that you're absolutely perfect. Over the weekend, the social media star looked back at her first year as an openly gay teenager, writing on Instagram that in the last 365 days, she felt more love than ever. The global YouTube sensation, whose full name is Joelle Joni Siwa, sent the Internet into overdrive after going public about her sexuality in late of January 2021. Her much-publicized decision turned the dancer, singer, and actress into an outspoken and powerful voice in the fight for LGBTQ quality, even landing her a spot in the hit reality TV competition, Dancing with the Stars, as one half of the show's first-ever same-sex pairing. Siwa and her uh, professional dance partner um, finished the season in second place. And Bob Dylan recording have reached the end of the line. Sony Music Entertainment announced Monday that it had purchased the right to all music recorded by the 80-year-old rock and folk star. The acquisitions of Dylan recording also include the right to multiple future releases, and the uh, the music dates back 60 years, beginning with his uh, LP made up mostly of folk standards, but featuring two original tunes, one of which was titled Talkin' New York. Sony gave no dollar amount in Monday's announcement. SMAs put the value of publishing rights to his more than 600-song catalog at around $300 million. Dylan said he's glad his recordings won't wind up blowing in the wind. And Quentin Tarantino's controversial entry into the NFT business got off to a blockbuster start. The first of seven non-fungible tokens from the Academy Award-winning Autor collection sold at auction for $1.1 million. Tarantino curated a set of seven non-fungible tokens related to his breakthrough crime classic, Pulp Fiction, with each promising exclusive access to seven iconic scenes, including unique, personalized audio commentary and handwritten notes with the promise of providing a unique look into the mind and creative process of the acclaimed filmmaker. After bidding war, uh, which a rep said Monday consists of 200 confirmed bids, including multiple bids in the six- to seven-figure range, the first chapter, Royale with Cheese, was purchased for $1.1 million by an NFT collective called Anon DAO, dedicated to the advancement of infrastructure protecting people's rights to privacy. And a 30-year-old son of Playboy founder Hugh Hefner is defending his dad ahead of the Monday premiere of an A&E docuseries that paint the mogul in an unflattering light. The series explored the dark side of Playboy that nobody wants to talk about, according to a description of the program on the cable network's website. The 10-part series include allegations that the Playboy Mansion was a place where celebrities drugged and raped women. Secret of Playboy include exclusive interviews with women who were part of the sexual charge empire that Hefner, who died in 2017, launched in 1953 with a debut magazine featuring Marilyn Monroe. He is reportedly painted as a monster for the way he, which he allegedly preyed on women and cultivated a culture where such behavior was acceptable. Hef's son, Cooper Hefner, said that if nothing else, his father was honest. Hugh Hefner, a Chicago native who died in his Los Angeles mansion in 2017, fathered four children before succumbing to sepsis at 91. The Playboy group told the New York Daily News Monday that it support Hefner's accusers in telling their stories in a statement separating the lifestyle brand from the magazine founder. Then this is what they said, quote, The Hefner family is no longer associated with Playboy, and today Playboy is not Hugh Hefner's Playboy. We trust and validate these women and their stories, and we strongly support those individuals who have come forward to share their experience. Calling itself a brand with sex positivity as its core, Playboy Group said its priorities include safety and accountability. 
And a beloved horse that appeared in the Oscar-nominated film Sea Biscuit died last Thursday, according to an announcement by the Kentucky Farm, where the animal actor lived. Popcorn Delight was 24. Popcorn Delight was one of the eight horses that played Sea Biscuit in the 2003 movie and also won 11 events during his own racing career. Uh, he died of complication from colic, an ailment that caused abdominal pain in horses. The Sea Biscuit film was inspired by the real-life Tyler horse that dominated the racing circuit during the 1930s. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, and the, the sports drama which starred Tobey Maguire, Jeff Bridges, and Elizabeth Banks was nominated for seven Oscars in 2004 but did not win. Best Picture and Best Adapted Screenplay was among the categories that the film earned nominations for. Popcorn Delight earned 50 $7,000 in winnings during his racing career, which spawned six years and saw him compete in 58 events. Right now, we got 14 minutes left remaining in the show. I'm going to take another music break, and I'll be back with the last remaining stories of the day, so don't go anywhere. <laughs> I left you 
in my space. It's been nothing but your face. Bookmarked in memories and enemies and fake chemistry. And I tell my homie, I can't take her no more. I'm a quitter. They say, oh, look at the widow, baby. He a Twitter. Oh, Tinder. Go figure. Oh, so that's how they see me now. Because every weight that you put on me is like Instagram. I mean, an Instagram of stress and work. That's all you want to do now. Snapping and chatting. Chatting and yapping. You want me to get lost in your world? Yeah, that was some new music from Lucky Day featuring Yeba and How Much Can a Heart Take. Right now we have here about uh, eight minutes left remaining in the show. And for the last remaining stories of the day, uh, The weekend on Saturday became Spotify's top stream artist, racking up an impressive 85.6 million monthly listeners. And this is according to Entertainment Weekly. He moved ahead of fellow pop artist Justin Bieber, who had owned the top spot since hitting 83.3 million monthly Spotify listeners last August. The weekend released his latest album, Dawn FM, on January 7th. The album soared to the top of both Spotify Global and U.S. charts. Dawn FM also yields each of the Spotify top nine debut singles for the weekend of January 7th to the 9th. The weekend, a three-time Grammy winner, is known for hits such as Blinding Light, Save Your Tears, and Earn It. He has since boycotted the Grammys, however, after his chart-topping 2020 album, After Hours, didn't receive a single nomination. And another marvelous weekend for Spider-Man No Way Home, the superhero blockbuster climbed back to the tops of the box office. The record-setting Marvel movie made $14.1 million at the domestic cinemas between Friday and Sunday to lead all films, marking its fifth box office win in six weekends. Spider-Man No Way Home returned to the top spot after slipping to second place last weekend when the latest Scream slasher film exceeded $30 million in its debut. Scream made $12.4 million during the second weekend in theaters, allowing Spider-Man to narrowly claim another victory. No Way Home, which is the third Spider-Man movie led by Tom Holland as the title hero, has now grossed $721 million in North America, giving it the fourth biggest domestic box office hold of all time. The latest Spider-Man movie, which also starred Benedict Cumberbatch, Zendaya, Jacob Batalon, and Marissa Tomei, won the box office in each of his first four weekends in theaters. It is by far the highest grossing movie to be released during the COVID-19 pandemic, which continues to vex the film industry. Numerous titles had experienced delays in production or release dates during the pandemic, while some films had debuted exclusively on streaming services. Others have been released simultaneously in theaters and on digital platforms. And uh, North American audience are going to continue to show up for superhero flicks. However, as five of the top highest grossing films last year centered on Marvel characters. The lone exception was F9, which is also part of the high-profile franchise as the ninth entry in the main series of Fast and Furious film. The new Scream, the fifth installment to the horror film franchise, introduced a new mass murderer, but it brings back familiar faces with longtime stars like Ned Campbell, Courtney Cox, and David Arquette, Melissa Barrera also joining the cast for the new movie. Uh, finishing third at the domestic box office over the weekend was the animated Sing 2 with a 5.2 million haul. The top new releases of the weekend, meanwhile, was the romantic drama Redeeming Love, which made $3.7 million to finish fourth overall. And rounding out the top five was the spy thriller The King's Man, which added $1.8 million during its fifth weekend in theaters. And Shikari Richardson heading to is is she heading to the Big Brother house? Well, it's it was previously reported that the one-time Olympic favorite is set to appear in the next season of Celebrity Big Brother. However, much for her much to her fans' dismay, the rumor has been debunked. 
Shutting down the casting room was Shikari rep Ashley Blackwood. The rep claimed to TMZ that the track superstar was indeed contact- contacted months ago to be on Big Brother and declined. Ashley went on to stress that all coverage on her participating are false and simply just rumored. Uh, another rumor to be joining the show was the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills alum Erica Jane and former The Real Housewives of Atlanta star Nene Leakes. However, sources close to the two stars allegedly told TMZ that the rumor had no truth in them. Other names who are allegedly allegedly in the new season of the CBS reality TV show was Tiffany Pollard, Van- Vanilla Ice, and Todrick Hall. Celebrity trainer and fitness expert uh, uh, Jillian Michaels has also mentioned among the possible house guests on the show, which will return on February 2nd. Shakara used to be a favorite to represent the U.S. at last year's Olympic Games. However, things changed after she was disqualified over marijuana use. Shakari was given 30 days suspension for a positive marijuana test. The suspension itself will end before the start of the relay, the relay on August 5th. While it means she could have still competed in the 4x100 relay event for Team USA at the Tokyo Olympics, the team decided not give her a spot. And the games on Squid Games has yet to be over. Netflix has renewed the hit South Korean thriller for a second season. The streaming giant confirmed the news on Thursday, January 20th. During its four-quarter earnings call, uh, Netflix co-CEO and chief content officer Tess uh, Sarandos addressed the return of the series. When asked by Nadi Gupta of Fidelity Management and Research if there would be a sophomore season for Squid Game, Sarandos replied, absolutely. The Squid Game universe has just begun, unquote. This arrived just weeks after Squid Game's writer and director, Won Dong Yuk, uh, teased that two more seasons of the Thriller series are probably coming soon. And speaking with the Korean Broadcasting System on December 28, 2021, Wan said, quote, we will come to a conclusion anytime soon, unquote. <coughs> Excuse me. Debuting on September 27, 2021, Squid Game is about an imaginative, unorthodox story in which 456 contestants risk their lives in a mysterious survival game involving multiple rounds of childhood games for a chance to win 45.6 billion won. The show quickly became a global phenomenon, and following they, their debut, the show was named as the biggest launch for a new show on Netflix, dethroning Bridgerton, after it reached 111 million viewers in less than a month. Squid Game is also among Netflix's top ten lists in around 94 countries. This, um, the show is also the platform first ever Korean series to reach the number one spot in the U.S. And Keith Urban has exciting news to share. The Wild Heart hitmaker is set to take over some of Adele's canceled Las Vegas residency date after the Easy On Me singer pulled the plug on her show less than 24 hours before showtime. Taken to his uh, Instagram account on Tuesday, January 25th, the 54-year-old Australian rocker announced that five additional show dates at Caesar Palace. Keith additional dates are March 25th, 26th, and 30th, as well as April 1st and 2nd. A pair of the weekend that Adele would have been playing as part of her now postponed residency. As for the tickets, it will go on sale Monday, January 31st at 10 a.m. The announcement arrived days after Adele shared that she postponed her show, citing the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic as a factor. And Elton John has been forced to take a break, revealing that he had tested positive for COVID-19. The lockdown session, Hitmaker informed his online devotees that he decided to postpone his show in Texas. The 74-year-old English star broke the news via Instagram story on Tuesday, January 25th. Elton went on to make it clear that he he is fully vaccinated and boosted and divulged that his symptoms are mild, so he's fully expected to be able to make the Arkansas show this weekend. 
The cold heart hitmaker concluded his statement by thanking his fans, saying, quote, as always, thank you for all your love and support, and I can't wait to see you all soon, unquote. Elton was supposed to perform at the American Airlines Center in Dallas on Tuesday and Wednesday. He kicked off his rescheduled 2020 North American tour on January 19th in New Orleans and was set to make stops in Houston, Chicago, Detroit, Toronto, New York, and Miami. In September 2021, the musician announced that he postponed dates of his farewell Yellow Brick Road tour until 2023 after suffering a fall. And Queen Latifah has broken silence about the firing of Chris North from The Equalizer in a new interview on Monday, January 24th. The actress shared that a firing of North, who was accused of sexual assault accusation, was a delicate situation. Latifah told People in a video interview on their show, quote, It's still surreal. It is such a dicey, delicate situation that requires a great deal of respect. That's a personal thing that he's going to have to deal with. We are figuring out what we're going to do creatively and on, uh, on creatively on the show and how we're going to deal with that character. Chris' character, obviously a big part of the show, and it was amazing chemistry, amazing chemistry. And she said, my feeling is justice has to prevail regardless. I just want the right thing to be done, you know, unquote. On the Equalizer, Latifah played former CIA operative Robin McCall. Meanwhile, North portrayed a former CIA director named William Bishop. Well, that's going to do it for me for this week. Tune in next time when we do it all over again. You've been listening to That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs. Have a great week. Stay safe, and I'll talk to you next time. Take care.